Tim Beveridge, News Talk ZB host, and Jack Tame host of Saturday mornings and Q and A with us. Hi, you two. Good day. Right, well, Jack, I, I think I would just hang on to him and then get rid of him at the next election. What do you reckon? Uh, I think with everything as we understand it right now, and who knows where this will be in 24 hours, I think that's probably the likeliest scenario, not wanting to um, to get ahead of the results of this investigation or anything like that. I think, you know, given um, how badly this reflects on the party, um, that's probably the likeliest scenario. They won't be wanting to go to another by-election um, and getting one of those other three guys in a suit all standing on the beach at Mount Maunganui who all look relatively the same. Um, to stand just yet because I think at what costs about a million dollars for a by-election in New Zealand at the moment that would not reflect well on a party that is um, emphasising the importance of fiscal responsibility at this stage. Well, Peter Dunn said something really interesting um, about the plausible deniability. Um, I, I know that that can be a deliberate move sometimes in leadership structures, but I would have thought, given the National Party's recent history, given the scrutiny uh, over candidates that was supposed to be at place in place given all of the recent myriad scandals, this is exactly the sort of thing that Christopher Luxon's staffer should have been telling him about. Jack, why? Jack, why? What could he have done? He could have said, I don't want this guy in my party. He doesn't have that power. He can't unselect him. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have been caught on the back foot by all of this. Jack, are you? Do you blame? Let me ask you this, okay? Because this is the this is the thing everything hinges on. Right now, do you blame Christopher Luxon for anything that's happened? That's why they didn't tell him because he has plausible deniability. It's working as a strategy. It is perfect. I don't think it's perfect. I I think. um, I I think if I was. the, the leader of the opposition wanting to be Prime Minister of New Zealand, I would want to have a staff who identified uh, something of this nature, given the history within the National Party and given how hard they're pushing the whole law and order, personal responsibility, you know, young people pulling themselves up by their bootstrap, bootstraps kind of message at the moment. At the very least, if Christopher Luxon had known this, he might not have had Sam Uffendale pushing the kind of messages that Sam Uffendale's been pushing in his first couple of weeks as an MP. But I, I'm not Push blaming his own accord. for what's happened. All, all I'm saying is I, I, I don't know that plausible deniability was um, a very good strategy. From of course it is. From that was at this stage. Now, hey, hey Bev, you, you sent me an angry Hello? text about this yesterday, didn't you? You're worked <laughs> yes, up about this. Yeah, look, um, look. up until the, the last couple of days, I think the biggest crime that Sam Uffendale was guilty of is the most boring, uninteresting inaugural speech. The problem for him <laughs> is... Um, is that he doesn't have a reservoir of political goodwill. It's the first impression, right? Um, and I think Jason Walls this afternoon talked about you know, how you can get into this political death spiral. And regardless of the, the, the arguments around who did what and when and the age now, it is sort of becoming out of... It is sort of getting out of, out of control uh, for Sam Uppendale, and I think it, it's, a, it's a pretty bad look, the latest revelations. I will say one thing that I'm, I'm distinctly uncomfortable with. I think most of us would accept that this is a calculated and well-timed political hit job, in which <laughs> case the people making accusations, I don't buy this anonymity thing. If you want to get in there and play the game and try and destroy someone's career, I think that the flatmate, I think we, I, don't, I just don't buy this anonymity thing. It creates this subliminal suggestion that somehow he's guilty of something where we must protect the victim's identity. And that's frankly nonsense. She's a, a grown woman now. She had a, an obnoxious flatmate who sounds like he had a problem with alcohol, banging on her door and was obnoxious that her dad had to come and rescue her. Got no problem with any of that. But let's, let's front up on this stuff rather than someone not being able to publicly face their accusers and for us to know who's 
making these comments. So it's all a bit stenchy, but the fact is, yeah. Uffendale's screwed. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why does just out of interest? Why does she deserve to have her name all through the media? I don't. Well, I don't because your logic. Why wouldn't she? It's, it, it, she hasn't been. There's not something where the police have been involved. It's not a sexual assault or anything where we need to protect the identity of the victim. Sounds, this is a high, this is a high stakes game. If you're going to go to the media, this anonymity thing creates a very unfair playing field. And it, look. She sh- there's nothing she should be embarrassed about. She should be able to say, look, here I am, I flatter with the guy, and this is what he did, and everyone would go, poor you, he sounds like he's a, a bit of a dickhead. Well, maybe if she knows that she's coming up against people who are going to accuse her of a political hit job. Um, no, 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 on, we're not confusing her, but... It, it, no, that's what you just did, that's what you just said. No, no, said. I think, I think the people... Jack, I think you're I think you're, you're no, conflating think two you're, different you're, statements from him. He said it was a political hit, hit job, and then he moved on to that. Yeah, I, I'm not who's, saying... Who's, who's the political head job from? Well, whoever's... I'm not sure that there's just her at play at this, would be my and Presumably, well, maybe, I mean, there is a suspicion that where it started week. was a political head job. Carry on, sorry, Jack. Okay, so, so maybe, well, maybe she watched the news this week and she thought, you know, she's seen that she saw that Sam Muffendale had become an MP. Then she mm. thought, oh, well, you know, let bygones be go. Then someone else came out and said, actually, Sam Muffendale was involved in this really traumatic thing when I was a teenager. I was beaten at school. And she said, you know what? Actually, this isn't a one-off incident. This shows a pattern of really antisocial, problematic behaviour for a party that's supposed to be about law and order, that's supposed to be about young people taking responsibility for their futures. He's an incredibly privileged young man who, despite all of the privilege and all of the opportunities in the world, Mm. has managed to get through these incredibly damaging past actions and behaviours and is still afforded the opportunity of being a member of parliament. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Uffendales. Don't worry about it. It's just I don't. I just think that this cloak of anonymity is unnecessary. Um, and yeah, that, that's basically the long and short of it. I think if you're going to make accusations which are going to destroy someone's career, then surely it's nothing for her to be ashamed of. Just say, here I am, and this is my story. Um, we'll take a break with you two. Uh, come back and have a little chat about Zach Guilford and also whether Nash is onto something with moving the the, the university calendar. Okay, 11 away from 60, back with the huddle, Jack Tame, Tim Beveridge. Now, um, Jack, I suppose, do you think that Woodend should be grateful to have Sam Guilford rather than resigning <laughs> over the fact that you have Zam, Zach Guilford as your coach? Well, okay, so I love, I love Woodend, um, love that rugby club. I, I, I didn't necessarily expect the um, members of the rugby, rugby club board to be as dedicated to democratic processes as some members mm. of the Green left. Um, um, and, 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 and like you, I, I have a degree of cynicism that um, they're actually concerned about the process rather than the person. I would have personally thought that having an all-black on your coaching staff would have been a really positive thing for your rugby team. And actually, you know, obviously Zach Guilford um, has made more than his share of mistakes over the years. Obviously, he, he's had some really troubled times. But I, uh, I would have thought that Rugby, especially grassroots rug, ru- grassroots rugby, um, is the perfect kind of community to support him in rebuilding his life. And I, like I say, I know he's, I know he's stuffed up many times before, but I, I would think that there's some opportunity for both Zach Guilford and the team to benefit from his input. Jack nailed it there, didn't he? I mean, uh, Tim, because th- this is exactly what Zach needs, and it's probably great for them too. It's a win-win. Yeah. I mean, he didn't go to Kings, so, you know, I think we know everything we need to know about Jack Guilford. Uh, <laughs> sorry, cheap shot. Um, but, look, I, I mean, this is where I think we hear a common sense um, common sense sort of balanced perspective when it comes to letting people move on with their lives. 
uh, which is a bit of a contrast from something yeah. else we've been talking about. And look, um, the guy, is not much that we don't know about him, is there? Um, and he, he's been in the All Black community. He's played top-level rugby. Okay, if they're worried about the process, then fine. But, um, you know, I, I think give him a chance unless he's demonstrated that he still hasn't got over his demons. Yeah, totally right. Now, um, Jack, I think there's no doubt that we're dumbing down NCEA this year again for the third year in a row, but I actually think it's an okay thing to do. What do you think? Yeah, I um, I think it's the right decision um, because I just think the disruption to the school year has been massive. Um, not only not only from students who've had to be away because they themselves are sick, but just for teachers to try and actually progress a class, I think has been super tough because so many students have been away at different times. The whole thing's just been so disrupted. I think it's the sensible thing to do. Um, it obviously can't continue. I think if it were to continue beyond... Um, the immediacy of the pandemic, then it would undermine the yeah. qualification. So I think this year, yep, all good. Next year, got to go back. Ditch to it. Yeah, Tim. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Just as long as the, there's not already being allowance made by teachers when they're marking people's work because of um, the disruption of the pandemic. I think the main thing is that one, if they do end up going to university as well, um, based on that slight change they've made there that the universities don't drop their standards in terms of uh, the sort of qualifications people come out with. But, yeah, I've, I, it seems reasonably common sense to me to mm. give people a break after a couple of really you know, pretty crappy years for students. Too right, and the people are very young people as well. Thank you, both of you. It's good to talk to you. Tim Beveridge, Newstalk ZB host, Jack Tame host, a Saturday mornings and Q&A.